Praise the Lord. Good day to you. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad to have you gathered around God's Word whenever you have found us on social media out there. You can find us on the Crossway Church Queen City, Texas Facebook page. We're there live on Mondays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central Time, and everything we do is uploaded later to the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. Our worship services Wednesday uh, evening and Sunday morning are live on that YouTube channel, as well as the Crossway Church Queen City, Texas Facebook page. And uh, we're just so grateful to the Lord for allowing us to have the platform he's given us to be able to publish his word, just to uh, gather around the sacrifice of Christ, the place he's gathering all his people back to the place of their first love, the place of first sight and continued sight. And this morning uh, in our studies, we are in 1 Peter chapter 4. If you want to go ahead and get your Bibles and get ready to follow along today, again, it's 1 Peter chapter 4. This is part 4 of this fourth chapter. And again, we do this on Mondays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central Time. So you can watch live, or as always, you can go and find the broadcast uh, there archived on that YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or that Facebook page, or even the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And uh, we're, we're just so thankful to the Lord, again, for giving us the opportunity to, to, to be able to have uh, one of the last day's ministries before he pulls the curtain on this, this, this age as we know it, before he comes for us, his bride. Uh, he is raising up ministers all across the world now that are pointing to the sacrifice, pointing to the lamb. It's, it's God's only place of gathering his people. He doesn't gather them around any other topic. He gathers them around the lamb of God so that they can behold him and what he did for them at Calvary because that is, my friends, the very glorious image he's making us conformable to. And we'll see a little bit of that later on today probably. So, Again, it's my privilege, my honor to share the Word of God with as many as the Lord puts in uh, our path, crosses our path, rather, on this path of righteousness. So let's begin today here in verse 10, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. The Bible says, As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And so th this is going to be a great Bible study today. You need to get your Bibles. You need to get your pencil and your paper if you're not driving or working, if at all possible. Take a few notes and listen to what the Lord will say to you today. Look at what he will show you today. And you will be blessed at the end of any Bible study, for it makes no difference where we're at in the Word. It, it, it's a Word to us. It's always the Word to us. We live by every word that has proceeded and is proceeding out of the mouth of God. And that life, my friends, is only found in the blood of Jesus, the place where the new covenant experience takes place. Jesus said the new covenant is in his blood. So there is absolutely no experience of the new covenant when our faith is not in his death, in his blood, literally, deliberately, and consciously trusting from our hearts in our union with him in his death. We've received pardon and that blood daily washes us, cleanses us from all unrighteousness if we're walking with him in that light that he's walking in and our fellowship is with him, then that blood is what cleanses us even daily now. But then there's a pardon. Beyond the pardon, there's power. There is power, my friends, 
power to live this life. And we'll talk about that some today. But let's get into this this morning because the Bible here tells us that every man, this means every Christian, even women, if you're born again, you're a part of man's, God's creation in Christ Jesus. If you are a Christian, whether you're man or woman, it doesn't matter. There are no male, female, bond or free in Christ Jesus. Yes, there's all of that here in experience, but in the spirit, in Christ Jesus, all the divisions, all the things that separate us in the natural do not separate us in Christ Jesus. And all Christians have received the gift. And I know if you look at the next verse, he begins to talk about the different a few of the different aspects. If you're called, if you're going to speak, speak according to the utterances of God. It's what oracles means. If any man ministers which serves, let him do it as the ability which God gives. And, and different aspects of that is broken down there. But let's get right down to what this verse really means and what it's saying here. Because here we see that every man has received, it doesn't say a gift, it says the gift. So when you look at the word gift, you see in its initial, initial definition here in the Strong's, it says that it is a divine deliverance, gratuity, that is deliverance. It is a divine deliverance. So it, Christians have all received deliverance from sin, deliverance from the guilt and the shame of sin, and now there is no condemnation from God toward us anymore, no wrath of God toward us anymore because we've received the gift of pardon. We've been saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves because it's the gift of God. Well, which one, grace or faith? Both. They're both the gift of God. Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. And in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, the Bible tells us that we live in this flesh body now as the children of God who are crucified with him by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. So it, saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves, but because it's the gift of God, that's talking about all of it. Did nothing come from us? Didn't anything come from us? Even the measure of faith that we have, that we live by, was measured out of the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. You need to understand that. So, Every man has received the gift of grace, saved by grace, delivered from the guilt and the shame, delivered from a path that was heading straight to hell, delivered, snatched out of all that and put in God's kingdom, put in Christ Jesus, headed to a new destination. We got a new horizon. Hallelujah. That ought to make you shout this morning. You got a new horizon. Glory be to God. That the sun of righteousness is rising, rising, rising. Glory be to God. And we see, and that's what we're waiting on, is that hope of righteousness by faith, by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. We're no longer just waiting to end up in a place of torment, but we're waiting on that hope of righteousness by faith, by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So it, it, we've received the gift. And I know just about every commentary you read uh, says that a gift, we've all received a gift. And I believe that's true, but I don't believe it's what it's saying here. I believe it says that every man has received the gift. And the gift, when you look it up, it, it means divine deliverance so that we can function in whatever gift, specific gift or plural giftings that we have. Sometimes 
uh, men and women of God function in more than one gifting. Look at the Apostle Paul. Look at uh, certain individuals today function in a pastoral or a, uh, 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 they have the gift of tongues and interpretation or one or the other. And other sometimes men and women in the church function in more than one gift. I'd be willing to say, I'd be willing to say that those who are saved and filled with the Holy Spirit probably do function in more than one gift, more than one, for most of the time. I mean, just, I mean, I mean, I believe it to be true. So, and the Lord can use us in different gifts that we may not walk in all the time. I mean, just, I mean, I mean, think about the apostle Paul. The Lord used him at times and the Lord healed people through the apostle Paul's ministry. But then I'm always reminded of the man that you read about that Paul had to leave behind in Miletus because he was sick. God, for whatever reason, in his own wisdom, did not heal that man there so he could go with Paul. He, I mean, but the Lord had healed through the apostle Paul. And so it's just the giftings are many giftings in the body of Christ. And you can learn more about those in 1 Corinthians, you know, chapters 12 through 14. Uh, but this is talking about everyone has received the gift, the divine deliverance by the grace of God. Even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So let's take a, a deeper dive on the word manifold here in our Bible study, and it just means diverse. That means various aspects of God's grace. God's grace saved us. Amen. We're saved by grace through faith. The Bible tells us that. The Bible tells us in Titus chapter 2 that it's grace that teaches us. The Apostle Paul said he labors by the grace of God. Why does it always have to be by grace if it's God doing anything? Because grace is God doing what's being done. The grace of God separated from the spirit of grace will bring confusion and much contradiction in our lives. And I, I need to always mention this. Wherever there's confusion, there's going to be contradiction. There's going to be, I see this and I know that, but why is this not? And that's confusion. And wherever there's confusion, there's going to be contradiction and a platform for the enemy to come in and cause great havoc. So, we need to understand that God's grace is what God is doing. God saved us. We're saved by grace through faith. We're saved by the grace that Jesus tasted death by, by the faith he lived by. We're saved by the grace of God through our hearts believing unto that righteous work. And grace, the spirit of grace, the spirit of God teaches us. And we labor by the grace of God, meaning we labor according to the Spirit of God. So remember that. Grace is not something floating around. Grace is God doing His will in your life. And it had to all begin with Jesus living by grace through faith, dying by the grace of God, through faith, so that you and I could live, have initial life by grace through faith, and walk by grace through faith. Everything that has fruit unto the Lord, the fruit of the Lord's work, is going to always be by grace, that means what He's doing in and through us, by faith, our trusting from the heart in the sacrifice, the death of Jesus. Remember that. 
And let's talk about that this morning because the Lord is revealing this more and more to those who he's able to draw near to the sacrifice and keep them there. It's where he pours the revelation of truth into our hearts. We don't come near and come back to the cross just to venture out again and go back where we came. We come back to gather around this great truth of Christ crucified and we Never leave this place. It's our hiding place. It's our refuge. It's the place of impartation. It's the place of uh, revelation. It's the place where we find the Lord Jesus Christ as our provision in all things. It's the place where the devil can't touch us. It's, it is the place where we are to set our affections. It is the place. It is the place where we are. Behold, as in a mirror, that glorious image that we're being made conformable to by the Spirit of God, the only place we can be gathered around and be found going from glory to glory. So let's talk about this for a minute because the Lord is pouring out this great revelation of truth and reality for our experience as a Christian in, in, in this, on this journey that we've been placed on, this path that God has given us in this life to walk with Him, following Him. And so we are seeing now, and for, and, and for those of you who might think, well, how come we've not seen this before? And, and what, about, what about in times past when we didn't know this? Well, let me just make a, a very blunt and, and, and a very uh, loving statement that when our, when our faith is not in the sacrifice, the death of Jesus, and our union with him there, the pardon is still always... Listen, let me just rephrase this. When, whenever we are not deliberately and consciously trusting in the sacrifice of Christ and our union with him in death there, there is no fruit of the Holy Spirit. We can learn that from Romans 8 and 2 because God has placed Himself in one place where He works. That is the law of the Spirit of life. That's who He is, the Spirit of life. He works by law. That law is pertaining to a place in Christ Jesus. And every moment of my Christian life, I am not found in my experience here in Christ Jesus, walking after the Spirit, walking in Christ. I'm not found there every moment. That, and Paul the apostle knew that he wasn't either, and it was the cry of his heart that I may be found in him. I'm in him. All Christians are in Christ in their position. They're, we are all at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus right now. We are seated with Him in heavenly places right now. But we also are here in our condition on this journey to bear forth the fruit of our husband, our Savior, our King, to lay up treasures in heaven. We are here now, and this is our condition. And in every moment of my condition, I am not found in Him. Sometimes, many times, I'm found just functioning after the flesh, in my flesh. And so we need to understand this. The Bible teaches that if there's going to... Hear me very carefully and we'll look at it. It's in 2 Corinthians this morning. And we have to talk about this because this, what we're talking about, is the experience of grace and the expression of Christ. Without the experience of grace... There can be no expression of Christ. None. I can be nice and well-mannered and well-behaved and polite even when I'm living after the flesh. It doesn't mean that's the fruit of Christ. There are nice and wonderful, seeming to be wonderful people who are without Christ right now. When it's Christ, it is the ministry of Christ. It bears forth the fruit of Christ. And it, it always points to the place where there can be more fruit of Christ experienced, where the life of Christ can be expressed. And so let's look at this today. It's very powerful and the Lord is showing it to me and I'm being very blessed by these scriptures now in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 11, 
For we which live, that's Christians, everyone else is dead in their sins. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Why is it for his sake? So that his death won't be in vain. His death is not in vain. But so that his death won't be in vain in my experience here in my condition. Do you understand that? We which are alive in Christ Jesus, we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Why? That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in in our mortal flesh. The life of Christ can be made manifest even from these mortal fleshly bodies. But watch. So then death works in us, but life in you. Death has to work in me before the expression of life can work through me and be manifest from me. Let me say that again. Death works in us so that life can be expressed, the life of Christ, to others. Paul the apostle says, So then death works in us, but life in you. He's telling them, the life you're finding is because death is working in us because there is no expression of Christ outside of the experience of his death. Faith in his death, not faith in anything else. This is why God forbids that we boast in anything else. Other. That means trust in anything other. That means preach anything other. We preach Christ crucified from Genesis to Revelation because it is the full, full, and complete counsel of God. It's what allows all of God's counsel to be seen and heard properly and experienced properly and to bring forth the, the life of Christ even in these mortal bodies, manifest so others can find that life through that death. Hallelujah. So this helps us to understand what Philippians 2 and 13 tells us. It's God who's working in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure, that which pleases Him. So what is it that He's working in you? Well, if, if the expression of what he's working in me is going to be that which pleases him, and I know he cannot be pleased without faith, and that literally meaning the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself in death for me, then he is working the very death of Jesus in me. That's what his working in me is. He's working in me. Death works in us. Well, who's working it? Not my flesh. Hey, <laughs> not my flesh. My flesh wants nothing to do with this. That's why people can walk away from hearing the message of the cross and give these 10 reasons why. But the real reason is self is tired of not getting a pat on the back. Self is tired of not being recognized. Self, that three-headed hideous monster, me, myself, and I, is tired of not getting any attention. Because, see, he gets none. He gets none. He gets no attention, no glory, while he's being denied through our taking up of the cross. And if we are taking up the cross and following Christ, he's working this death, his death in us, Because that's all God's pleased in. That's all God works in. That's all God works through. If the life of Christ is going to be ministered to others through us, then it's only going to be, it's only going to flow out of a heart that's being found with this death at work there. Self can't stand that. 
Self hates that. Self in its deceitful and deceptive words uh, that, that are framed so beautiful and so wonderfully religiously. Oh, they sound so good as to why we don't need to be hearing about the cross just all the time. Why is that? Because self is screaming to be noticed and recognized. And self says, look, I, I, I want to be a part of this. And God says, you can't be a part of it at all. Self <coughs> has been crucified. And all self's lust and affections has been crucified. <coughs> Glory be to God. So death is working in me. That's the grace of God if I'm not frustrated. If I'm frustrating the grace of God, that means I'm not allowing the death of Christ to be that which is working in me. Somebody say amen this morning. If I'm frustrating grace, that means I'm not allowing the death of Christ to be that which God is working in me. And if that's the case then there's not going to be any life of Christ manifesting out through me. Again, I can be a preacher. I can read the Word. I can, I can do all sorts of things. I can be nice and well-mannered and polite. Lost people can do that. Lost people can do that. The Bible talks about that we should recognize them by their fruits. And we've used that for years probably out of its context, when that scripture is taught, that scripture is taught about recognizing what is false, the false prophets by their fruit. And we don't recognize false prophets by their character, by their fruit of their character. We recognize false prophets by the fruit that is there through their preaching. And if it's not the preaching of the cross, which is the only manifestation of God's preaching of righteousness, which is the only avenue of being found before God as righteous or bearing forth the fruits of His righteousness, that's how we know them, by their fruits. Amen. Because they're nice, polite, well-mannered, well-versed in the Scriptures... Men and women of God. We know them by the fruit of what their message produces. We know them by their fruit. Because the context there when Jesus taught on that is it's false prophets. We know them by their fruit. If it's truth that ministers preach, which is Christ crucified, the Bible says in Proverbs 12, 17, Proverbs 12, 17, that righteousness, God's righteousness, is seen. It's shown. And it takes the cross to see that. It takes the working of death for you to be made righteous in Christ through your faith in His death. It takes, it takes a deliberate and a conscience, conscious faith trusting from the heart in the death of Jesus for the life of Jesus, the righteous fruit of us knowing Christ to be manifest. Did you see that? Let's read it one time again before we go back to 1 Peter. For we which live, that's us who are alive in Christ, are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death works in us, but life in you. And you might be thinking, well, how often do I need to be trusting in the cross? Well, the Bible says in Job chapter 7 verse 18 that he tries us every moment. Our God, the devil tempts us to sin. God doesn't try us to sin. God tries us every moment. 
to see if we will keep our faith anchored in the death of Jesus so that that death can be found by God working in us. That is what God is working in us. That is what God is trying us every moment of our Christian life to see if we will allow Him to continue that work through the death of Jesus in our lives so that our wills and our doing can be conformed into His will and His doing in and through us. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. Oh, the glorious truths of the Word of God are there for experience. If we'll be found with the death of Jesus working in us. This is what most Christians don't want to hear. They, they will run. Why can't we just talk about Jesus? Because there's no proper talking about Jesus if we're not talking about what he did at Calvary. You can talk about all the miracles he performed and all the wonderful things that he did, but the door was not open to us until he died. And the power that he offers us daily is not by what he did under the law in his life of ministry, of good works and all his teachings, which we desperately need to look at and study and know about. But our faith is not in, in our faith cannot be in anything other than his death. If his life is going to have any expression through us. And my friends, our faith is not in his death just because we say it is. Our faith is in his death when we are found by God yielding to that same form of doctrine that freed us from sin initially and made us servants of righteousness. The, the, the experience of being what God made us in the born-again experience, which was free from sin and a servant of righteousness, it's, 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 it cannot be experienced unless we're yielded, yielded from the heart to that same truth that freed us from sin and made us that which we are, servants of righteousness. We, we, we need to desperately learn these things. Christians who are really under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and desire to live for God and to be found by God, pleasing God, they will come back to Calvary. They will be uprooted from these denominational places that want nothing to do with messages like this. They just want to hear the old stories. They just want to hear all these. But they, but they, they don't want to hear about the cross. They'll tell you there's more than the cross. I've been told that by preachers. That one preacher even said, do we really want that message coming into our town? A preacher said that. And I'm not making fun of him or anyone else because all it is is a, is a state of ignorance. But know this, the same Bible we claim we believe tells us that God no longer winks at ignorance but tells every man to repent, to repent and come back to the cross. There's no place you can come back to if you're away from God except to the cross. And when he gets you there, he never wants you to leave again. Think about that. Hallelujah. My goodness, it's a good day. First Peter chapter 4 again. Here we are. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now remember what we've learned this morning or been reminded of this morning that the gift pertains to us being delivered by grace. We looked at it. We looked it up. We dug in. We saw in the Strong's that one of the definitions of the gift is our deliverance. That's the gift. Salvation. Saved by grace through faith. And he says... Even so, that means just like that, minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, the various aspects of the grace of God, the grace that's there that we pastor by the Spirit of grace. We love our wives as Christ 
loved the church and gave himself for it. We love our wives by the spirit of grace, which is faith in the cross allows us to love our wives because there's where Christ gave his life for the church and only through faith in the death of Jesus can we really love our wives as we should. And it pertains to all marital affairs. It pertains to training our children up up in the way, the way is Christ, not a church or a denomination, raising them up, training, the Bible says, them in the way they should go. His name is Jesus, and what makes him the way is his cross, his death. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. There will be a lot of people who just refuse this. They won't come back to Calvary. And it's not that they won't end up in heaven, but they're going to be very heartbroken. And I don't care what preacher comes along and says there's not going to be tears at the, at the judgment seat of Christ. I don't care. what, what, what it's not, Christ is not going to be... Uh, listen, we're going to be the ones disappointed when we see just how much self was really ruling almost all of our Christianity. Self was in charge. Without the cross, self is in charge. Without the focus of, of, of the cross of Christ, without the understanding that God only works by His Spirit, who is the Spirit of grace through our faith in the cross, is nothing left but self. There's nothing left but selfishness, self. Even if we have an appearance like we're the most humble and selfless person in the community, if our testimony is not that of Jesus Christ crucified, even our show is a form, but it has no power. Listen, that which, that which proceeds out of the death of Jesus is the life of Jesus. And my friend, there's fruit of that. There's change there. And that change is a maturing in the things of the Lord. That change is having a greater discernment about what only has a form but denies the power. That change is me growing. That change is me moving into a place now where I see the need to say something about all the things that are not right. That change causes the fire of God to intensify on my heart. Hallelujah. So let's look at this a little more today. We've all as Christians received the gift. We've all been delivered from the guilt and the shame and the bondage of fear and sin and shame and guilt and all that. So even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards of all the diverse avenues of God's grace. Grace to preach, pastor, teach, evangelize, prophesy, Uh, uh, whatever we're called by God to do, there will be grace there to do that. Let me rephrase it. The Spirit of grace will be there supplying the provision. The Spirit of grace will be there supplying the provision. If the Spirit of grace is allowed to work the death of Jesus in us, then that same spirit of grace will bring forth the will and the doing of the fruit of that faith in the death of Jesus. You can't escape this. You can't run around. You can't get around this. This is too simple. And when we try to go around the cross... That's the deceitful, deceptive, three-headed monster of me, myself, and I trying to take us outside the will of God and making us think we're in the will of God. Without faith in the cross, we are not doing that which pleases God. Even if it appears we're doing something the Bible says do. It makes no difference. We can do certain things, the Bible says do, with an outer appearance of us doing them, but it not be the Holy Spirit. If it's the Holy Spirit, it will have fruit of grace 
through faith. Get that. So when the Bible says the manifold grace of God, that means all the various aspects. Even what you do on your job, sir, ma'am, even you being the mother, the wife, the husband, the father, the co-worker, the employee, the employer, the boss, whatever it is God has given you to be a good steward of, over all that he's given us to be good stewards of, it will require us being good stewards of his grace. You can't just say, I want to be a good steward of being a pastor. No, 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 no. There's something before that that will have to be in place and functioning before I will be able to be a good steward of my pastoral abilities, of my husband requirements. I will have to learn to be a good steward of the grace of God. I will have to learn to be, to be a good steward. And let's look the word steward up. That's what these Bible studies are for. So for us to dig down and see what these words mean. The word steward means a house distributor or a manager or an overseer. That is an employee in that capacity. It's, it's figuratively a preacher of the gospel. Think about that. There is no grace without the experience of the gospel. I want you to hear that one more time. There is no initial salvation without the hearing and believing of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the death of Jesus on the cross for our salvation, our forgiveness, our deliverance. It doesn't exist. Salvation does not exist outside of one's faith in the gospel. Now, I want you to hear this as well. There is no experience of the grace of God outside of one's faith in the gospel. That's why the Bible says, for the preaching of the cross is to us who are saved. A lot of people like to turn that around and say, for us who are going to be saved. No, no, no. The preaching of the cross is still required for all who are saved. Why is that? Because that, my friends, is what God is delivering you unto always. Why? Because that, my friends, is what He is going to be found working in you or He's not going to be found working in you at all. That's a powerful statement, but it's very scriptural. If God cannot work the death of Jesus in you, then he cannot work his will and that which pleases him in you. Get that. The grace of God is what Jesus offers us through his taste of death on the tree of Calvary. Grace does not... Ex it's not found outside of that. Not for initial salvation, not for any experience and fruit of our salvation. And you say, well, what about all these years I've not known this? Well, I'm not being ugly, my friend, but you've wasted a lot of time. And if you're not willing to come to that conclusion, then you're not really being honest with yourself. What about when Elijah was sent by God up on Mount Carmel to rebuild the altar. What do you think all of Israel thought? I want you to know in that story, the people of Israel, they were not coming out from all their prophets of Baal that they'd been seduced by until God sent fire from heaven and lapped up that sacrifice that pointed to Calvary and then that day killed some 800 and whatever in number the prophets of Baal. Israel was not running back to God because uh, uh, Elijah was just pointing back to Calvary. There was a showdown that day between the God of heaven, Jehovah, and Satan really was... And God proved that Satan's a liar once again and that all the prophets that are not his prophets are liars. And there's no grace in anything other than through the death of Jesus, the cross of Christ. It doesn't exist. 
And the reason I'm bringing this story up is because Israel had wasted many, many years. Do you not understand that when that young boy Josiah became king, when they found the book of the law and brought it to him, do you not, you go back and research this, you'll find it to be true in the word of God. There had been 300, oh my goodness, 300 years without Israel celebrating a Passover. And you're going to tell me that God wouldn't allow you to be in a place of ignorance for 30, 40, 50, 60, all your life. But, he, but He's calling you. He's reaching for you. He's, he's trying to grab a hold of your attention and bring it back to the place where His attention is. Where his, work, his working is found. His grace is found. Where the life of Christ alone can be manifest from. This is what the church, self, selfishness, the traditions of my granddaddy, my grandfather, my daddy, my mother, all these traditions of denominationalism and all these things of Babel that have brought too much confusion in the church. God is calling His people back to a place of unity, but it's an impossible, impossible place to find unless you find your way back to Calvary. And when you do, then you're going to be found among those who boasting in nothing but Calvary like the Apostle Paul. My point in bringing that story of Elijah in Mount Carmel and what happened that day in that story up in our session today is because we as Christians just don't think we could have been wrong this long. If what I'm hearing is biblical and I'm seeing that what you're saying is all Scripture this morning, it's all Scripture, it's all there, but would God really not have been what I've called God in all these meetings and all these years, has it really not been God in what I've called God? Israel in that day thought that all that they were doing, that they were being honored by God. Listen, my friends, we can be wrong our whole life and be as sincere as sincere can be. But sincerely wrong is an is a, is a awful place to have lived your whole life just because you feared men. You feared what granddaddy or your spouse would say. Jesus said, if that's your problem, then you're not even worthy to follow me. You, listen, if you put family before me, and that means if you put family before my way of the cross, you can't be my disciple. That's what he taught in Luke 14, 26, and 27. If you don't take up the cross, you cannot be my disciple. That means you cannot learn of me. That's what disciple means, learner. Where the focus is not Calvary, there is no learning. It is that straightforward. Where there is no cross, there is no learning. There is no work of the Holy Spirit. You won't find God's ministers of righteousness saying one day He can do little and the next day He can't do anything unless our faith is in the cross. It's either or. That's confusion. And where there's confusion, there's contradiction. And where there's contradiction, we find ourselves as waves tossed to and fro on the sea with doubt and unbelief in a place where our hearts cannot be sure. The cross of Christ, the death of Jesus, is where we found the assurance of our salvation. And my friends, it is the only place we will experience the manifold grace of God for every area of our lives and ministries. You've got to know that if you don't know that. But let me say it again as the Lord stirs my heart this morning. We really don't believe that God would have allowed us to waste all these years. We really don't believe that everything we've called God might not be God because we felt chills. We felt our hairs move. We felt, listen, drugs and alcohol can do that. A relationship with another person can do that. But when the Holy Spirit is drawing you, 
It's always to the place he drew you the first time and brought you near the first time. Ephesians 2.13 says we've been brought near by the blood. It's the only thing that keeps us near, the death of Jesus. It's what God is working in us both to will and to do of that which pleases him. What pleases God only flows out of the death of Jesus that's being worked in our hearts. So don't run from the cross, run to it. Don't run from ministers of righteousness, <coughs> run to, to their <coughs> ministries. Listen, <coughs> because if it's just the stories of the Bible without the climax of Calvary's cross and how that pertains to your every step of every moment of your life, you're found today as one lacking. You're found today as one who has a form but no power. No power. How many Christians today, spirit-filled, they get convicted of sin so they begin to speak in other tongues as, that is as if that is going to deliver them and unchain them from that which holds them bound. It won't. It will not. The power of God is the preaching of the cross because through the preaching of the cross, the Spirit of grace can save and deliver and work all the wonderful works of God according to His will in and through our lives. This is one of the most powerful teaching sessions I've ever had. I feel the presence of the Lord now. And I pray that He would cause many to hear this today because it is... It is the truth that can change a life forever and forever. Let's look at this now again. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. And if you'll remember, all ministry, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, is the ministry of reconciliation. That is the ministry God has committed unto us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, our God has committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Our God has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. It ties right into this so beautifully. Because if we're going to minister one to another, it's got to be even so as he ministered to us this gift of grace, this gift of salvation and deliverance. This is how, my friends, we are good stewards of all the avenues of grace if we hold it all in the context of the only place where grace comes from. Grace is what God will do, has done, is doing, or will do, all based on what He did at Calvary. Faith must be there to find that grace. If God finds biblical faith, then He shows up as the Spirit of grace to bring, a for, to bring forth the, His will that pleases Him. It takes the will of God for God to be pleased. And it takes faith for the will of God to be there pleasing Him. It takes faith for the will of God to happen and God can't be pleased unless He finds true scriptural faith which is the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us on the tree. I hope you're getting this today. If you're following men, just men, then you will let them put their twist on Scripture. And there are many today who stand before the people of God in every town in all the world. And remember, Satan has transformed himself as an angel of light, meaning knowledge. And even his ministers as ministers of righteousness. But they are not ministers of righteousness. We know them by their fruit. What they preach, what they preach will not end up at Calvary. 
it will not end up at the place the devil's head was crushed and the power of death was removed from him. What, minister, what Satan's ministers minister will not end up at Calvary with your participation in the death of Jesus. It will not end up there. It will not end up there. So you, my friends, have been called to discern, to discern that which is good and that which is evil. Because that which is almost good is still evil, and that which is almost right is still all the way wrong. And it takes the cross of Christ to make anything applicable to our hearts because that's the death of Jesus. And that's what's working in us. That's what's working in us so that the life of Christ, the grace of God, is the fruit of the life of Christ. Hallelujah. Watch now. As every man that has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold, the far-reaching grace of God in many different avenues outwardly, but it only comes from one place. I need the grace to love you, to minister to you, to be a pastor, to be an employer, an employee, to be a good husband, a good father, a mother. Whatever we are and whatever we've been called to and given by God to be good stewards of, that means managers of, overseers of, we looked it up, stewards, before we can we must be, be found being good stewards of God's grace. What you're doing with the cross of Christ, what you're doing with the cross of Christ is what determines if we will be good stewards of the grace of God. Nothing, not even one other thing, nothing else, what we're doing with the death of Jesus, the cross of Christ, in our lives now, today, this very moment, will determine if we are experiencing what God means for us to be good stewards of His grace. If we're not receiving grace from where it comes from, then we cannot experience it in ministerial avenues or life experiences as the outflow of grace. For us to live is Christ. For us to live is Christ. But for us to be found living and expressing the life of Christ, death, the death of Jesus must be at work in us. I know this is foreign to the church. This is foreign to the church. And if ever preacher on the planet began to preach this and teach this, if you think the churches are empty now, my friend, you'd see the great departure. You're seeing it now. We've seen it now. We've seen it for years, the great departure, departing from the faith. Who are those who are departing from the faith? Those who are departing from a focus of Calvary, the cross. Because there is no faith outside of faith in the sacrifice. There is no such thing as just faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus is legitimate only if our faith is in His death. Because it's His death that opened the door for anything to be in Him. Faith in Him, grace found in Him. See, so many things we've been taught wrong. That we're strong in Christ Jesus. The Bible says we're weak in Him. 2 Corinthians 13, 4. The place that we're strong in Christ is if we find the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Paul told Timothy that. <clears throat> Be strong in the grace that's found in Christ Jesus. But we are weak in Him because we were crucified with Him 
And the Bible says he was crucified through weakness. Had to be. Had to be crucified through weakness because God's strength is only made perfect in weakness. And therefore, his taste of death by the grace of God was God's manifest power and strength made perfect for all who will believe in that death. Not just to be entered into the kingdom, but to take every footstep, every footstep, moment by moment, with death working in us and the life of Christ being expressed through us. Amen. What a great session we've had today. What a great Bible study the Lord has blessed us again with. I hope that you tune in with us every Monday and Friday at 9 a.m. if at all possible and make sure that you share these teachings with everybody you can in every avenue that you can. It's not about a minister. It's not about a church. It's not about a denomination. The message is God reaching for the lost and His attempt to bring a backslidden and a wandering church back home as He gathers His people around the sacrifice of the Lamb. For there you find Him as the provision in all things, all the grace that you'll ever need as sufficient. And I'm thankful to know that today. Share these teachings. Share them in every avenue possible. And I pray that God's blessing would be upon you in spirit, your soul, and your body. And that He would fill your heart again today with His spirit. And that He would fill your heart with His truth. As He gives you the confidence and the boldness to rise up and remove yourself from any attachments that are not preaching Christ crucified, but other things for the way of life, the way of victory, the way of experiencing Christ. you got to get up and get out. And the Lord Himself will plant you in His body where it pleases Him. That's what Paul told the church in Corinth. He will plant you in the body where it pleases Him. For the most part, just about all the body of Christ planted themselves in certain places. So God bless you. Have a rich day today in Christ Jesus. And if the Lord stirs your heart, please pray for us. And if He stirs your heart to be a financial blessing to this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. I love you. And I appreciate all of those of you who do pray for us and support us financially. And I know that good things are going on right now in this dark world we live in. God's light is shining brighter brighter and brighter than ever before. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.